Welcome back to Shinobi's Dreams versus Shinobi's Reality. This is Shinobi Dreams, and today I got my brother Baba Soul in the building. What's in it? What's in it? Yeah, man, and I just wanted to interview you. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do on this podcast is interview interesting artists, people doing things here in Atlanta and abroad, but pretty much, uh, you know, people much like myself in the arts. You, you're a recording artist, you've been. Um, how long have you been recording music? Uh, I've been recording music since I was like 17 years old. Yeah, about 16, 17. And how long have you actually been, say, considered yourself a musical artist? I would say that I've been a musical artist. Well, I mean, hold on, what you mean by that? Like, when did you first start rapping? Or when did you first know that, like, <clears throat> rap? Or what do you consider yourself a rapper? Is that exactly your title? Or what would you call yourself? Uh, I guess I'm a... I'm a... I guess I am a rapper. A lyricist of some sort. But I've been consciously making music. Since I was about 18, 19, I went solo, you know, around like 19 years old. So you were in a collective before? Yeah, yeah. I used to be, um, in a, I used to be in, me and my cousins, we had a group called Big Face Mafia. And then I also had a group of my own with two other brothers that was called Certified Street Niggas. And it was... CSN for short. So, yeah, we was rapping about, you know, street stuff and all kind of, you know, things that was appealing to young minds at the time. You know what I mean? And when you went solo, what was that like? What what made you feel like I want to do this by myself? I went solo because... I was always the one that, you know, had the studio equipment and I had the time and the space to do, you know, my own music. So I would practice, you know, doing solo music on my own time within being in the group. And um, so I just pretty much, uh, when I got, when I got locked up, I had to do, I had to go solo, you know what I'm saying? Because I was on house arrest once I got out, you know what I'm saying? And uh, this happened back in like 2007 or 8, maybe. You don't mind me asking, what'd you get locked up for? Oh man, just, uh, I used to be trapping and stuff and um, got caught up in the roadblock with my homie. Gave him a ride to the west side, and uh, we had, you know, some guns and drugs on us, crack, weed, pills, stuff like that. So, <laughs> that's what happened, man. How long they had you down for? Not too long, not too long, man. Like, I literally was in there a couple days and then got out, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, I was on house arrest for about a good year. And then, you know, I was on probation for like five years after that. 
What's house arrest for a year like? Shit, at that time I was going to school for audio engineering. Right. So all I could do was go to school and go home. Go to school, go home. Couldn't go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Had to stay at the house. You know what I'm saying? That's when I got real heavy into meditation. You know what I'm saying? I was meeting a lot of um, mentors on the metaphysical tilt via internet. And um, my teacher at my school for audio engineering was actually in the Wapian. So he would drop me books. And I got into the Nawapianism and shit like that. And that's when my music started changing direction of what I was talking about. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <clears throat> so what would you consider, what do you talk about now in your music? I talk about, it's, mo- it's mostly like philosophy, my philosophies and my perspective on life from uh, somebody that is different, you know what I mean? Meaning that, you know, my lifestyle is a lot different than the average American or even the average black person, you know what I'm saying? Living in America, you know? And uh, my perspective comes from, you know, me being uh, aware of what I'm doing and saying and how I put myself into the world, my intentions, all that, all that stuff, you know. So I look at myself as somewhat um, being an example for the people to be a better person, <clears throat> even though I ain't perfect. You know what I mean? Where would you like to see your music go? What, what would you like to? Let me think. What am I trying to ask here? Um, what would be your definition of success? In music, my main thing has always been to, you know, be traveling, seeing the world, and being able to connect with other people. You know what I'm saying? Um, see different things, you know. So my level of success would be, you know, measure upon, you know, how much adventure. Am I actually having in my life? Not really on focusing on like album sales and stuff like that, but like doing shows, you know. I want to do. I would rather be making money from my shows and doing selling merch, and also you know me being an entrepreneur. I got other thing, other means of making money, so it's like I want the music to be able to fund that as well. So it's like me being successful with my businesses as well as traveling with my music and connecting with people and just uplifting folks, you know. Having my music play all around the world, you know, of course. I can dig it. What's up, man? Shit. I mean, you make good music. I've um, just watched you grow and or listened to you grow in your music and definitely defining your sound and you know, again, putting out positive messages that aren't necessarily beating you over the head with them. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. you, don't, you don't preach. You know, you mostly make real good, real feel good music. If I were to like, you know, you know, put it into words. But 
it's a, it's a it's a real vibe, you know, coming from a person who you know likes your music. You make music that I actually listen to. You know, sometimes you know I got a lot of friends, and they make music, and sometimes I listen to it, and sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's not like music I find when I just find music. Like sometimes I find music and I just like put it on my playlist and I listen to it, you know, in my rotation. But I usually don't do that with, you know, friends of mine music. It's not that they don't make good music, it's just they haven't made that song that I'd be like, oh, this is what I'm on. I definitely like a vibe to this song. I definitely feel this song, so to speak. So you make enough, you make music that I can actually catch myself listening to you know when I'm actually in in a vibe or you know with certain people floating through the city or some shit like that but um it definitely is a wave and I look forward to seeing you spread that wave you know what I mean yeah, yeah you know been doing this shit for a minute Goddamn! Finally, starting to feel like it's coming to a place where people are actually recognizing the music and recognizing the effort. But I think it also just you know come from people um, wanting to see what I'm doing and what I'm about. You know what I'm saying? It's like the music telling the story in a way that I couldn't tell people with my own words. I just be doing things with my actions, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I want to also take the time because I realize that, you know, all my listeners aren't people that I know. So I want to give you guys some context. We're we're live from Decatur, Georgia right now. Um, yeah. Tell them a little bit about where you're from. Shoot, I'm from over here in Decatur. And um, I tell people that, you know, I spent a lot of time on Candler Road and in between here and there, all, you know, Columbia Drive, Glenwood, McAfee, Memorial Drive, you know, Decatur is my stumping grounds, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, where we at right now is um, somewhere I grew up and seen a lot go down, you know, learned a lot about the streets. <clears throat> Learn a lot about people and things. Candle Road. That's what's up. Yeah, I remember um, you had a song called Candle Road. Wasn't it something? Was it Goodbye Candle Road or Nah? Going to Cater. Going to Cater. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I thought it had something to do with Candle. I probably said something about Candle Road in the song. I can't remember all the lyrics. That shit old. I should be able to remember the lyrics. <laughs> I think that was a project that you were like pushing around the time I met you. I think that was like your latest project at the time. Yeah. That was dead on. Change is cool. No, that was I Am Just a Soul. Yeah, I remember it. Um, I wonder what that happened to Neff from the Neptunes. You ever you ever talked to Neptune, Neff? Man, I think I talked to her like last year sometime. 
Oh, yeah. She kind of like, you know, Hoshin will be mad at me by saying this, but you know, if she ever listened to this, you know, I love you, Sheldon. She just kind of like was always a hermit, you know what I mean? She stayed in her little space. So, you know, I do run into people that know her and, you know, and some of her family members. I have run into them. They be like, you know, she just at the house, you know, she went to school, stuff like that, I think. So, you know. That's what's up. Yeah, she was always, I remember uh, she was like, y'all were like doing shows at yeah. the same time, the same places at the time. I remember going to like improvs and shit. Mm-hmm. I think at the time I had met the other Neff, Queen Neff, who was like the hip hop MC, you know, at the time. But she had introduced me to a lot of different things here in the city. Like, I think she was the first person to take me to the Sweat Lodge. Who cleaned up? Mm-hmm. Damn, to my lantris. Yeah, man. Like one day I had um, what was it? I was me and uh, Naya had just moved to Camelton Road, like off Stanton, and um, she had got a job over at Helpful Essence, and I was um, taking her to work, but at the same time there was this this girl from college I had a crush on. And she lived in Stone Mountain. And I started talking to her. And I was like, about to go out there and kick it with her after I dropped off night at work. But I got all the way to Indian Creek Station. And she ain't never show up. But on the way there, I caught, I saw Queen Neff on the train, right? So I'm riding the train back. I'm just coming back into the city. And I see Queen Neff again on the train. So we like lock eyes and then like we started talking I don't even know how we started talking but we started talking and then like she was like got off the train the same stop we got on the same bus it was like okay we gonna explore this so later like you know like I was going to meet one woman but then I come back and I meet this even doper one. I'm like, damn, this shit's like, <laughs> like just looking at how the spirit worked that day. It was yeah. like, so, cause like to me, when I met Queen Neff, I'm like, damn, she perfect. I'm like, her, like, I don't know, is she Ethiopian or Eritrean? But I always like the East African sisters. You know, I met this, um, like coming out of high school. I met this Ethiopian sister. And um, I was like 17 and she was like 22. I thought that shit was old at the time. But um, <laughs> she was like, you know, she was cool. She was cool with me. Like I, when I left to go to college, I come back. She come let me stay with her and shit. But like I always kind of like was real fond of Ethiopian chicks. I like that. Ethiopian women too, man. You know, like, Cause like I was, I came from this world where my name was Kitara. You know, like, and so a lot of, like, American, African girls was, like, treating me like I'm an African or some shit, even though I, like, grew up in the hood and all that other shit. So it was, like, but I guess me being guitar wasn't so bad when I met, because her nigga, her name was Leah, but I think the real name was, like, Jalea or something, but she just went by Leah, because, you know, I guess the American version, she just shortened it up or whatever, but, um. Yeah, Queen F, though, man. Like, I think we had linked up one day. We did some Muay Thai and shit. And then we walking down the street. She know everybody. We chopping it up. And somebody like, you going to the sweat tonight? We like, go to the sweat lodge. It was like, damn, she put me on to a bunch of shit. And, like, I've been 
I had been going to the Sweat Lodge ever since, but the first time I went there was because Queen Neff put me on. Like, I had been going to, like, you know, Native American Sweat Lodges since, like, I was in college because my mentor used to take us to the, you know, the Anipe, you know, he had an elder back at the, back then, so he would pull up on us and, you know, take us to the woods and shit. We'd check that shit out. So I was... I knew about sweat lodges when I was like, well, this is cool. You know what I mean? Man, I just did one of the hottest sweat lodges ever the other week. My boy Tillis, he over there up a second out down the street, right? This nigga got down, got a Nipe that's built like a goddamn teepee, though. Sure, man. And you can only fit like six people in that bitch. So we only had like six people in there, bro. And we did two. Got down with one forty-five minute round. The other minute, other one was thirty minutes. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even make it through the second round, bro. Like I made, I probably was in there for like fifteen minutes, bro. But I had to come out. I fought through the, the first round, my nigga. But like, shoot, man, this shit was that's hot. why. That's why I need me a whip right now because, you know, I definitely want to like be able to like pull up on shit like that. I I've been feeling hella out of out of the picture. Way out there in Snellville, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole, that whole, this whole travel shit just be the worst. Like, yeah. I come into the city, I gotta plan shit out. Like, and when shit don't work out as planned, I'm like, that's why I like when Shorty didn't hit me back the other day. I was kind of like, mm, I'm good on you. And I know that we still interviewing, but this is this is where the, this is the second stage of the interview. Now we just like. You, you you got the professional introduction now. This is like who we are. This is Shinobi's dreams versus Shinobi's reality. Yeah, man. This is so. my nigga, man. You know, this shit just regular goddamn. <laughs> like, that's what we just... I wanted to introduce you to my brother, first of all. I've known this guy for about, what, I guess 10 years now, so to speak. So Damn. Been a minute. <laughs> yeah, man. Goddamn anyway. Time be flying, so that's what. I wasn't married, but I was married. You know what I mean? Because I ain't had no children yet, but they was on the way. <laughs> you were a totally different person back then, man. Man, that's why I, I wonder what kind of person I was then. Because I try to figure out, well, who am I now? Because I'm. At this point, like, I felt like this whole coronavirus has made me, like, push restart on everything. Mm. Like, I've been like, well, before all this shit hit, I was like, you know, we was ride- I was kind of riding this high because, like, the events I was doing was hitting, you know, like, everything was like, I-, I was like, I wasn't getting less than 50 people coming through, and it was like, but even more than that, it was like people appreciating the art, and it was like people like don't even know me, like yo, you Shinobi, and it's like damn, it's really kind of like I see how like my pops does it, cause it's like when we go go to shows, it's just like and his stuff is like spectacular, so everybody like. It's just always like Rams is this. It's just like it's always love when people come up. And so mm-hmm. it's like for me to like even get a piece of that love in this little world that I've been building myself into. It's like yeah, I want to continue to like do that. 
you know what I'm saying? I want to continue to like build and at the same time produce something that's, you know, I don't want to just do the art for the art's sake. Like that's what I've been doing, but like. That's the thing, man, with like being somebody that's like, you know, doing some type of art, you are entertaining the minds of people. And when people are willingly giving you their energy, and you get into that, and it might be something new to you, you know what I mean? It's like, that's how some celebrities or whoever, you know, go, you know, left with the shit and, you know, destruction. Or they could goddamn take it energy and do something, you know, constructive with it, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's about what to do with all that energy that's coming to you when you get it, you know what I mean? Well, I guess... For me, it's like, I think about, you know, when I started really doing the art, it, it was under, like, almost a, a pretense, so to speak. Like, you know, because I had all the, the Deja shit, you know, I was, like, in, on some infatuation, like, this is how I'm going to talk to you. You know, we ain't, because, like, I started off talking, but then it was like, yo, I want to do... I, I've been wanting to do this art. Let me do this art. You know what I mean? And I, I look back at some of those early pieces. I'm like, eh, okay. But I've, you know, over time gotten pretty decent with it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, even still, though, I never, like, accomplished what I set out to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's brought me women, you know, like, I know there's women who tell me stuff like, yeah, I saw your art, and it made me be like, yo, I wanted to know who this person was, and so even off of that, it's like, okay, but... Well, let me ask you this, um, what is the point in doing it then? Like, what is it? Well, what was it? What, what? Well, for me, what the thing about the art was like, I've been working on these graphic novels, but I couldn't, like, draw them you know what I'm saying and so it's like I had to learn how to draw in a sense so that I could like you know tell my own story versus like trying to get another artist to do what I want you know what I'm saying like I know what I want so I need to be able to like pull it out of myself so to speak you know what I mean but um but for me the art was like the path to you know, actually making some type of change because, like... You don't I, feel like you made that change? I feel like I'm making that change, but I feel like there's more that I could do. Do you know what that change is that you want? Like, can you see that in the end? Or are you just looking for a change but you don't know what that change is? I say that, like... I felt like when it comes to making actual change in the world, you do that through art. You know, like when I first got to Fisk, I was, um, you know, always in the library and I came across this book called The Guardian of the Word. And in the beginning of the book, they, they broke down what a griot was or a griot. Yeah. And I was like, 
Oh, this is interesting because like the Grills, like they transferred the story from generation to generation, but it wasn't. It was through like a story, so to speak. You know, it was more or less like. Um, you'd have songs and dance and performance and it wasn't just, you know, and you'd have like theatrics almost with it. Like you had these griots who were artists, so to speak, and they used their art to tell the story in a way that it was like received in a way, like it was direct. So I felt like when we talk about changing the world, like scholarship is dope because Scholarship helps you understand everything, but I understand that, like, it's hard to have conversations about books that people never read, you know, so it's like, I'd have, you know, before I could even, like, explain, you know, have a conversation about the book, I'd probably have to explain the whole book or they'd have to read it, and most people don't read books, and that's just facts, so it's like, well, I always just felt like when I was first reading about Hannibal, I was like, man, this should be a movie. It was so good. Like, just reading this book about this, this African general just taking it to Rome and shit and just, like, outwitting them and just, you know, this. And it was like, you don't hear about these these dope ass. I'm like, and I would, like, tell people about Hannibal, but I was like, but this needs to be a movie. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm just, like, glad nobody else has made it. I'm like, because I'm hoping that we could go ahead and get up in there with that <laughs> with that, that Hannibal script. But, um... Oh, shit. I just told the whole world. Yeah, that's why I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm to edit it up. <laughs> oh, fuck it, man. If the Hannibal story gets done, we gonna get it out there, but the whole point is to get it out there because we try to change the world through art. We gotta use art to change the world because ain't nobody reading the books but us. You know, so it's like, if we want them to get it, we gotta show them. You know, like, when you see it, you get it. So it's like, that's why movies are so dope and I wanna, like, tell the stories, but at the same time, like, science fiction is also a, a dope way to do that and telling stories through science fiction use these graphic novels just mm-hmm. like expand the imagination of what's possible like when you can like do that and you can like plant those seeds and the brains of minds can like start getting on the same accord like oh because one thing one of my big homies always says is like you gotta tell a story that talks to everybody at the same time you know what I mean you can't just I'm gonna talk to black men or this is gonna be directed to just the black women, or I'm I'm gonna talk to like white people. It's like no, you just gotta talk in a way that everybody could get it, even though it's hard for people to like. But, but there is a way. There's a there's a wavelength. There's a frequency that you can tap into, or there's art that's so beautiful that you can't deny it. You know, and so when you create something. And it's like, I mean, that's another thing when we talk about like racism, it's like they love our sports or they love us in their sports and they love our music and they love our, you know, our culture and our whole vibe, you know, like they, 
they you know they love Beyonce and they love Jay Z now and you know it's like the whole thing is it's um but they still like con- have a contempt for us and they don't want to like give us our proper due so to speak. Um, mm. It's 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 real like it's kind of disgusting, but at the same time it's like I don't know if it's like true ignorance or real ignorance like maybe like this new generation may just be oblivious and I I couldn't say that about the old generation because a lot of them I don't know like for for every like black home that has seven thousand dollars they got they got a hundred thousand like we don't got no money saved and as far as the idea of just like basic shit like we don't even get the basics, <laughs> you know. And if we do get it, it's like it's not even the basics. You know, we think it's the basics. It's just like nah. Most they just like if they trade places with us, they be like, "What the fuck have y'all been doing?" It's like nah, like we've been blocked. Like they blocked every single thing, and it's been hard to like just um, you know, if you break through, it's a fucking miracle, but. Niggas keep doing it, so, you know, but at this point, it's like the racism is, like, showing itself, and people is like, y'all serious this time? We gonna really change it or not? Because, I don't know, it seems like more, it's more talk, but I'm hoping that there's something that's more, that comes out of this shit, but honestly, I don't got too much faith, because from history... It seems like we're dealing with the same folks, even though it seems like, I don't know, I mean, the fucking, let me stop before I start talking all political and shit. I don't be trying to get into this shit like that. Nah, I already know, I just, I I'll start. I don't want nobody to know what the hell I'm thinking about about that shit. Nah, it's all good. That's a Shinobi's Dreams versus Shinobi's Reality. <laughs> That's my brother Bubba, so you want to shout out any uh, Instagrams or yeah, check me out on Instagram at B-A-B-A dot S-O-L, you know what I'm saying? And um, I make medicine as well, so, you know, if y'all need some detoxes, brain boosters, uh, energizers, hormone balancers, relapses, things like that, pain relievers, we got it, you know what I'm saying? Teaching classes about the world, the earth, things like that, you know, check me out. I'm here. That's it. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. I know we uh, took it all over the place, but, you know, that's just where I wanted to set the vibe. So I'll check you out next time. Peace.